Welcome to Fraud Busting. I'm Tracy Brown, the Fraud Busting Body Language Expert. I've spent the last 20 years reading people, uncovering secrets hidden in plain sight to find the truth in crimes, politics, and billion dollar business deals. It's time to dive in so you can beat the fraudsters at their own game and build your bottom line. Today, I get to interview top body language expert, Tanya Ryman. We get quoted in a lot of the same media articles and TV, and we're gonna talk about exactly what it really takes to be a body language expert on TV, how we got to where we are. We both have very different paths, and we're gonna give you some tips so you can make an accurate analysis of whoever you want to get a read on. Enjoy. Welcome to Fraud Busting. Thank you so much for coming on. It's really an honor to, to have you here. Thank you. I really appreciate the fact that you've invited me. Oh yeah. So so let's let I think we have so much to talk about. Now Tanya is um she is a body language expert, top notch, top of her game. I have read all your books. I have watched you on TV forever, and um, and, and I've learned a lot from you. And and so um, now we've we've ended up on some of the same um, TV shows and and interviews with some of the same reporters and in the same articles and things like that, which for me is a huge honor. Um, it's probably it's probably somewhat less of an honor for for you. <laughs> No, not at all. It's been amazing. Are you kidding? I love every time I'm in an article or if I'm, I always love to see, oh, who am I with? And then, you know, I get excited if I see that you've been part of it because it does, it has a dramatic impact when we're both in the same article and we're both pretty much agreeing on everything we say. And then I look and I'm like, you know, this is a woman who triumphs in life and look at this now. <laughs> triumph. No one's ever told me that about myself. So thank you. <laughs> triumph life. Okay. <laughs> your background so <laughs> I, i've had i've had a, a myriad of experiences let's put it that way okay so so um we're, we're just going to talk body language today without doing any video analysis because i think there's a lot of questions that 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 people have about what we do and mm -hmm. and i think that they see where we are now and go oh wow that looks easy yeah uh, yet you and me both know that uh, at least for me, it's been a lot of clawing and scratching and figuring it out to to get myself to a level where people finally pay attention a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, and, and, and you're on uh, like you do a lot of TV, national TV, like Fox and, and and a lot of those stations. So let's let's talk a little bit about about your journey uh, to to get to where you are now. Ironically, my journey is simplistic. When I started my business, I was doing hypnosis. I had given birth twice and I wanted to have a natural birth, which I didn't have to, my first birth was natural and it was you know, crazy. And then I wanted this one to be the perfect birth. So I started doing a lot of hypnosis classes and then I wound up doing just pure self-hypnosis. And this was my third child. I knew what, you know, childbirth was like. Yeah, yeah. So when I went into labor, I kept saying to my husband, I'm, I don't really think I'm in labor, you know? And he's like, uh, no, no, you're definitely in labor. So we got to the hospital and the, and the woman's like, the nurse, she's like, how are you not flipping out? I'm like, breathe, <laughs> yeah. do my thing. And uh, I wound up getting fully dilated, ready to push, uh, got 
to the point where I, I literally birthed my own son. Like I leaned down, pulled him out and brought him up to my chest. One of the most magical experiences of my life. Oh my Having God. said that, that was like the, the first insight as to the power of your mind over your body. You know, what, what happens, how we can affect others with certain things and how we can affect ourselves. So I decided to just give up my business and uh, I went back to school for hypnosis. I had already had a psychology degree. So I decided now I'm going to get certified in hypnosis. And then I did regular hypnosis. I did uh, hypnosis for pregnancy. I just went full force into it. And one of the things I found constantly was that people were coming to me for self-esteem issues, for confidence. You know, they never felt good enough about themselves. And being that I had this background in psychology, I knew a lot about the whole, you know, NLP and the neuro-linguistic programming. If, if it was debunked, if it wasn't, what parts seemed to work, what parts didn't pan out. So I started to bring that into my hypnosis practice. Yeah, I love NLP. Oh, I love it. And, yeah, and I do right. too. Yeah, some of it I is fantastic, can. and other other parts, I'm like, this is so hokey. Like, how? Yeah. Is- <laughs> it's embarrassing to even talk about some of it, and then you'll. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bring that. But some of it really does have merit. So I started using a lot of that in my hypnosis practice, and using deep anchors and things along those lines. And what wound up happening was a journalist found me, and they're like this practice is amazing. Like, you know, what are you doing that's different from other practices? And so I started introducing the concept of, you know, I'm teaching people self-awareness. I'm teaching them if they stand up a little bit differently, if they walk a little bit stronger, if they feel a little fiercer, then they're going to be perceived in that same way. And over time, that became a very big thing for me. My practice blew up just because suddenly all these people wanted to feel better about themselves. So, you know, I was doing the smoking, I was, I was doing the you know, lose weight, but people were primarily coming to me just because they wanted to improve their nonverbals. From there, of course, you get into not just, you know, the way we hold our bodies, but hey, I'm really excited, you know? <laughs> so we move towards pitch and rate. And t- so it just, that started to be on its own, it just became its own animal. I was written up in a few newspapers and it became its own animal. And suddenly people weren't necessarily interested in the hypnosis aspect so much as they were about the nonverbals. Mm-hmm. TV got caught on it. And uh, the first time I was introduced to television was with Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I, I turned him down twice. I said, You did? Really? I said, I'm How not come? going to hear that man. Well, if you watched him, he's a little bit intimidating. So, you know, I'm like, mm, no, because if he yells at me, I'll walk off the show. Like, no, it's not my thing. And I wound up, we were in Manhattan one day for my daughter's uh, fifth grade play when she was much younger. And they called me and I was in a blue velour sweatsuit. Uh-huh. And they're like, come on, just, you know, come in. We promise he's going to be nice. And I went in uh, in my blue velour sweatshirt, which was funny, but they gave me uh, a new top and they said, okay, just make sure that you don't get her from the legs down because she has on sneakers and, and velour sweatpants. And uh, it was really great. My daughter got to come in with me. She came into the studio. We didn't miss her play. The limo came, picked us up after, brought us back. It was really great. Oh, and wow. she, got, she got like a glimpse of TV life during uh-huh. her fifth grade period. And I did too. And I, it was kind of like a rude awakening for me. I, I was very surprised, amazed, I think, and overwhelmed at the idea of 
being on television. But at the same time, once you're sitting in that chair and you know this, I'm sure, yeah. you don't necessarily feel that anxiety. You more just talk. You just uh, feel the like only you thing, do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's not, it's just more lights. That's the right. only yeah. thing. The only problem with me is I, I have a tendency, as you can tell by this conversation, to talk a lot. So this was, this was one of the funniest things. I mean, after I did the show the first time, they, they really did love me, although they panned down to my pants, which was very funny. So, you know, you see me wearing this nice blouse and then they pan down my velour, my light blue velour sweatpants. Which was oh, really sexy. Those are good. Yeah. Really, really nice, especially with that tight red sweater they had. In so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's give her, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to fit into those sizes. And like, that's the point. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> That's the point. That's the point, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there were really great times and they wanted me to come on weekly. And I was like, you know, I think I don't want to oversaturate. God, I look back at this. I don't want to oversaturate the field. You know, I'm like, uh -huh. I'm not quite sure if we should be doing this weekly. And they're like, no, we're pretty sure. And it did, it became a weekly thing. Yeah. And overnight, it was for years. You know, oh yeah, it was a decade. Yeah. It was a decade. Now, now, tell, now, now tell me about this because- the um well I gotta tell you how I ended up on TV um because it was it was kind of different than than yours I guess everybody's path is different but I did not even know body language was on TV I did not know anyone was interested in it yeah. and then we had the Aurora shooter out here um at the movie theater and he went to his um uh I don't know some kind of court hearing and he, he was acting all crazy and I was sitting at home going oh my gosh look what he's doing and uh totally had a handle on it and then my phone started ringing and they said hey can can you come down to the station and i was like sure <laughs> why not and and that and that's kind of how it went and then there and then there was a murder two weeks later and they called me down and they just kept kind of calling me down but i haven't yet done a big national show what they'll do is syndicate the or um you know share it yeah. among their stations but i'm still um I'm waiting on that opportunity. Every time I see you on TV, I'm like, damn it, she's so lucky. <laughs> How did you get into it though? Like what made, what was your journey to? Oh, oh, oh um, uh, it, it was a lot longer. It was pointed out to me that it was a lot longer journey than I uh, thought. Cause um, like you, I am a hypnotist, NLP practitioner and uh, master practitioner and all that stuff. I studied Hawaiian Huna with, um, with shaman in Hawaii. And, you know, it's about tuning into people's energy and reading them and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but before that, I was a professional bike racer and, and I learned how to read body language and know what people were going to do next. Like before they knew they were going to do it, I actually had a journal that I kept of everyone in the country and I knew what their little tells were. Yeah. Um, and, and I got, I got, um, notes on even, cause I would jump in the men's race and race sometimes. Um, and I, I like, I got notes on Lance Armstrong and, and everybody who, who wow. I was important. Yeah. Well, I mean, from all those years ago. And so I got really good at that because, because bike racing is for little people. It's, it's really like, um, it's a strength to weight ratio thing. And yeah. so if you're big, you know, it, uh, and, and I'm big cause I'm, I'm five, nine. And so I, um, I couldn't rely just on my strength. So, so I had to, I had to really read my competition and then, um, kind of like you, I, I got into hypnosis and NLP for, um, you know, not for childbirth, but for sports performance. And then I started seeing clients and, and, and I really honed my skills, um, that way. Cause, and you know, this, cause it is amazing how many people come into therapy and lie. Yeah. <laughs> 
because <laughs> it's a lot of them. Um, but but you got to read, you know, where they are, and especially in hypnosis, like how deep are they? Do you, do they need to come up a little bit, like to get right. what you need? To are get they done? snoring? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are they snoring? Yeah. Um, so so anyway, um, and then I decided I was like, I think. Um, I, again, in all this, you know, I, I didn't really know how heavily I was leaning on, on body language and the nonverbals. And, um, and then I decided I was going to speak more and, and really focus on that. And um, that was the fall, no, late summer of 2008. And in, everybody knows what happened then was the big recession and all these conferences canceled, everything I had booked canceled. I wasn't near as good of a speaker as I thought I was anyway. And I was doing um, sports performance, like like bringing the mind of a champion into business kind of stuff, which turns out um, is uh, you know it's kind of just a little bit generic um, as far as as far as that goes, and uh, it, with keynotes and things. And right about then, a client of mine called. He said, "Hey, you know this body language stuff? I know you know it. I need a program come in." And I said, "What do you?" doing now and he said i'm the new executive director of the colorado defense lawyers association money for focus groups uh, to try out arguments on jurors just um dried up jur a, a lawyer has to pick and persuade a jury on the fly i know you know how to do it i'll see you in three weeks and i was like oh okay and so that's what i did and then i'd be in in talks or in uh, meetings you know talking to people about speaking to their group and I go, yeah, I have this mind of a champion program. It's amazing. Or, you know, I have this body language program and they, they, they'd go body language. And, and I know. And so that's, that's how I niched it. And, and I kept going. And um, eventually I ended up taking, uh, you know, the deception uh, training, you know, along with the uh, law enforcement and FBI guys and Green Berets and all that. And so anyway, now I just focus mostly on lie detection Um it seems to it seems to work you know financial yeah. fraud is it's all goodness, born you do amazing I, I i watch you sometimes and there's true brilliance when you're speaking so <laughs> thanks I, I have a good time i feel at home on stage now here's what happened to me as soon as i started speaking my personal clients like they just went away like it is it, because it's like law of attraction or, or something of like because i think I think the business that we're in is law of attraction. Like, like it reflects on your energy and what comes into you. And, and yeah, you got to do the work, but that's kind of what, so I haven't seen a personal client in a couple of years, I bet at least. Yeah. And, and even when I do um, now, it's just on request. Like it's people who kind of know what, what I do, but what about you? Like, tell me like, what's a day like for you? Well, like today I had uh, two meetings in the morning and I have a, TV, a uh, Russian TV interview this afternoon. Oh. I'm talking with uh, clients uh, legally, which mm -hmm. is, for me, that's a tough thing because, you know, what we do is difficult enough, but when you're talking about taking somebody's potential life, literally, and uh, helping to either get something working for them or unfortunately, sometimes, you know, hurting other people, it's, it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of responsibility. So I'm not thrilled with that piece of uh, what I do, but I pick and choose, which is nice because I can decide if this is a client that I want to work with. You know, if, if they need trial prep, is there a good reason that they need trial prep? Mm -hmm. So I, I, I haven't tried to work with anybody that I'm not super comfortable with. So there's an interview process. I decide if this is somebody that I think is, and I'll use the word worthy 
of real help, of real assistance. And if they're not, then, you know, I'm passing them up. But if they are, like the one I'm working with now, it's kind of a good feeling to know that there is an outcome that's going to be positive. And part of it will be because I've helped. And so that's a nice little thing. Aside from that, I do, now I'm doing virtual speeches, which I have to tell you in our industry, I do virtual speeches about doing virtual speeches. <laughs> I've done some of those, yeah. 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 <laughs> and even though I can do that, I am a very emotive and gesticular individual. So this is a tough thing for me to get into. So I normally, whenever I give a speech, I still stand up. So if I'm asked to give a virtual speech, I'll stand up behind a big you know, white wall. And this way I feel like people can still see my entire body because if I'm telling them, you know, my nonverbals, this is what power looks like. And they only see me from here up. Right. Then, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to try to give this concept unless you're the one who can at least fully show what you have going on. Like this, oh, is, yeah. true. this is what strength looks like, you know, even silly things like my, my wall is, or my white wall rather, it's only like nine feet across. So I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> to show this is what power walking looks like but you know this is the era we're in and yeah. a, a lot of it is people really just wanting to know how do I do I, I'm on board meetings or you know I'm on social meetings all day long how do I just adjust from here up and that's great but if you adjust from here up and not down then guess what it's not genuine and yeah, you're really not way. going to be the best you possible and that's my goal Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's get into the nuts and bolts of, of things. So when you go to read people and let's just have a little discussion on this, like, because I, I think, um, you know, in a lot of the articles were quoted in the TV that like, they're worried about one little movement. Like what is, what does this mean? And, and that's tough. Right. And, and a lot of the media, you know, it's like tabloid kind of um, oh, red carpet kind of stuff. Uh, but they, they want to know, like, well, what, what are they doing? Like, are there, is their relationship in good shape or who's lying here? And they want one move, but you, you can't, I mean, you can't really just pin body language on one move, like the, the full meaning. So what's your theory on how you, um, how you watch people? Do you go head to toe? Do you, do you look for one thing and then expand? Like, tell me, how, how do you do that? Yeah, I have an entire, like, I literally have a form that I fill out mm-hmm. each and every time I do any kind of analysis. Oh, goes, really? Yeah, it goes from head to toe, but it also goes contextually. It goes, uh, you know, surroundings. Where's the person? You know, what's the situation going on at the moment? What are they wearing? What are other people wearing? Like, I do every single part that I possibly can before I look at anything else. And if somebody asks me, because again, you and I were always asked like, oh, look at this picture. And I always say, it's a snapshot in time. You can't make that kind of a judgment call. But if you want to know about the relationship as a whole, then I'll go back and I'll look at video footage that I find myself. And I'll try to see, you know, is this relationship in a healthy place? Is it not in a healthy place? And then go back to a snapshot and say, okay, well, you know, this is a generic tell, but based on other nonverbals, this is what I see. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that that benefits the reader, because at least you can say, oh, yeah, you know, this might mean something. But at the same time, I, I think I was asked, like, what the way Taylor Swift holds her pocketbook, what does that mean? I'm like, are you kidding me? Does it freaking matter? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. 
she's a celebrity. He probably has a lot of money in her pocket and probably has bodyguards three feet away on each side. I'm not really sure what it means. But, you know, then you start to look and you realize there are patterns. We always have patterns, you know. Yeah. I, so you start to look for those little patterns. And then from there, you can tell a small story. And I always say to people, you know, I can tell you potentially what you're emoting because, you know, your muscles don't lie. But I can't, unless you have so much Botox that it's impossible for me to see, which has been the biggest challenge. I'll tell you what, it's been one of the oh, biggest- Botox is crazy, yeah. And now with the fillers and, and people are getting these threads pulling everywhere, left and right. And I'm like, now I'm looking, I'm like, wait, that muscle used to be here. How uh-huh. did it move? You know. So, uh, but you know, it is good to at least be able to say, I can tell you what somebody is experiencing, what emotion they're experiencing, but- I can't always tell you why they were experiencing that. Like, you know, I don't know what's going on in their life at that moment. So you you try to look at the surrounding situation and maybe offer a glimmer, but never a constant because you just don't have a constant. Well, and, and I think you touched on something really important. And that is that the body can't lie. Like like right. words can lie and the body can't lie. And, and, and we get so focused on... Um, on let's say the words or or even even one uh like if someone crosses their arms there's a hundred different ways people can cross their arms and um it it, it tells you what's on someone's mind doesn't tell you exactly why and and so when like what i always tell people is okay you got to put together a list of what could potentially be on their mind that would be causing that behavior so so instead of getting like punitive and uh, which I think is what we see in in, in like a lot of the political um, yeah. analysis that we do. Like like people add in opinions to like just a fact that that we'll put out right of of okay why why did they look sideways during that uh, comment right. or why why did they suddenly bite their lip or why did they see their fly on their head and they suddenly recognize it the fly on their head so the you're right on the head was just. I was talking to my husband. I was like, is that fly stuck to his hairspray because it melted a little from the lights? I was like, oh my God. Like, nobody's telling him. Like, the moderator, I would be like. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, you're right. I, I see that as well. And I think not only is that the significant portion, but like with what we do, I say to people constantly, you know what? Uh, you tell me you're comfortable like this. That's great. I'm glad you're comfortable. When you're home sitting in front of the couch, you sit like this. But it's not about how you feel, okay? It's not about what makes you comfortable. If you're trying to make that impression that you think is so important that you've come to me, then you have to recognize it's about the perception right. of the person that you're talking to. And that's one of my biggest frustrations because I'll get like pushback. And if you see my page, you'll see that I'm constantly saying, this is a body language analysis. It's not a political debate. If you want to debate politics with me, go on my Twitter, because here I'm stating facts. Like I'm, I'm doing a nonverbal breakdown so that you can see what's happening with the politicians. I don't want to hear that this one's lying or that this one's doing this or the reason that they turned their head, because you don't know. If you did, you would be doing what I do. Instead, you're following exactly. Oh my gosh, that is so good. Okay, so, so yeah, so let's let's talk about that a little bit because you you and I'm so curious. And if you don't want to answer, you don't like you don't have to answer. But um, so so you end up doing like a lot of Fox TV. So are you generally like are you generally like on the Republican side or on the Democratic side or like where do you? I mean, I know you do a lot of non-bias, but if 
it would seem to me if you're if it would be really hard to go on Bill O'Reilly if if you weren't like more on the on the right. <laughs> so like like where do you land? No, see that's not true. That's that's what makes it's it's kind of like a two-way street and I'll tell you why. Because I see people who just say they are on the left or on the right and they'll go on the shows that reflect that. And what will happen is they'll get hundreds and thousands of followers, you know, and then you'll have me and I'll be on whether it's Bill O'Reilly or I do a lot of CNN as well. So if I'm on Bill O'Reilly, everybody calls me a lefty loon. And then when I go on to, you know, CNN, they call me a righty nutjob. So this is how I always say I know I'm walking the line, because if I'm on a left leaning show and, you know, the right people hate me, then I'm okay. If I'm on a right leaning show and the left people hate me, I know I'm doing my job properly because I'm being honest and people don't like honesty. They want to hear reinforcement of their own beliefs and ideas. And I'll tell you what, when I was strictly, when I was a Fox News contributor, I wasn't allowed to do other shows. I could only do Fox. Oh, they had an exclusive deal. Yeah, I I was, you know, contract, everything. Uh So what winds up happening at that point is, and and you'll, you'll learn this. If you haven't, I'm not sure, like, no, I'm not, I'm being serious. Like whatever shows you're doing at this moment, you'll learn how they do tend to posit the question. And so the goal then becomes to move around that and answer the question without going into it. Like, you'll get a question like, well, you know, head nodding. Oh, well, like Pence was being honest when he said that, right? And of course, then you have to say, are you referring to this? And at that point, let me tell you the cluster that I noticed told me this, you know? And so it's a matter of taking whatever they're trying to force on you and then changing it neutralizing it but, yeah. yeah but the, the interesting thing was after i left fox and people started to see like okay there, there's no question that she's being pushed into like she there's no box that she has to stay within suddenly people were like oh my goodness what happened to you you left fox and now you're just one of those quacks you know and so i was once brilliant oh that brilliant tanya ryan and and now those same people were like didn't know what she's talking about and like you see how the personal perspective comes into play so as long as i'm agreeing or if you are under the impression that i'm agreeing because i'm on your network mm-hmm. well then i must be brilliant and that's <laughs> kind of you know it's a hard lesson and it frustrates me because i do see people who i watch and i listen to and i go dude you have no idea what you're talking about that made absolutely no sense all you did was feed to your own group of people who will gobble it up and again think you're brilliant i can't do that it has to be i have to see and then be truthful and that's probably why i'm still called a lefty loon and a righty nut depending on what network i'm appearing on at that oh i love that and that is and that's genius not only to be able to um uh realize that but be able to pull it off because now let's 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 talk about this a little bit because me and you and everybody reading body language like we have filters right and 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 it's impossible to turn them off completely so so uh, where where is your line between um, 
being able to do that and, and not, and how, how does it affect your, your read and, and what you think your accuracy is? Like, cause clearly you put a conscious effort into, into neutrality, right? As I do, right? And, and just stating the facts and letting the opinions lie where they do. So how, do you have a strategy to do that? Is it more natural for you? Um, how, does, how does that um, work? I think once you're doing this for a long enough time, it becomes more natural. You see, like, you know, we take off those rose colored glasses. And I think we're a little bit more open to the possibility that people aren't as wonderful as we like to believe they are. Mm. And sadly enough for me, becoming so deeply ingrained in this business has made me a little bit more skeptical. Like I, I feel there's been times I, I literally went for like, um, you'll know it when they lay the hands, uh, Reiki. Went Reiki, for Reiki. Yeah. Because from doing all these shows, I said to my husband, all I do all day is pull people apart. My entire life revolves around taking people down and calling them deceptive. Like it, it just started to really wear away at me. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where that's when I decided TV is great. And I, I want to keep doing it. No doubt. But really, my goal is to help individuals become their best, best selves, whether that means, you know, they need to get a job, whether that means they want to meet someone, you know, I just want them or to become more social, just, you know, become more outwardly social. I just like the idea of building people up instead of constantly breaking them down. So like I always make the joke, okay, you know, hang out with Tanya tonight, we're going to break down. Right. And then I think to myself, ah, yeah, I'll never say, hey, hang out with Tanya tonight as we build up the candidates. You know, that's just, you know, the wording itself like is even painful, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So my idea is, yeah, sometimes people do need to be brought down and you do need to be able to say they're being deceptive. But, you know, for a very long time, because I was on as often as I was, they would have like regular people on, you know, and I'm analyzing someone and I don't, I don't want to ruin this person or say all these horrible and negative things it, at one on one show, which I almost refused to do. And I got a lot of flack for, they wanted me to analyze. And I did, uh, Saddam Hussein's, uh, painting. Oh boy. I'm like, do you want, you want me to read the body language of a man who's about to be hung? Uh -huh. uh, what, oh yeah, he's happy. He's cheerful. I could see it in his face. He's <laughs> like, you know, what do you say to them? It's just, there are certain things that are just so negative. So I did, I started to have this whole negative attitude and it, for a while, I didn't want to do any shows. I just shut myself down. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm only going to do speaking engagements. I'm only going to go and help people become better, whatever they need to do. Not become slimy manipulators, not teach them these tools of the trade that are going to help them, you know, sucker punch someone else, just maybe help them techniques that will make them better people, make them open up a little bit more, make them stronger, help them to not make other people uncomfortable. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things that I talk about a lot is we have no idea sometimes, we have so little self-awareness that we don't recognize when we're really getting into somebody's space or when people are bored with us or when they just want to be left alone. We don't recognize it because we're so worried about us and how we are. It's true. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. And okay. So so here's the deal. Cause we had a because we had your other computer on Zoom's like putting us on a timer now. So oh. um anyway, so so let's what what are 
um, because we got like six and a half minutes. (laughs) Yeah, I know. When people are watching the debates, because by the time that they listen to this, there'll be one, maybe if we have it, one debate to go. How how can people do a little analysis themselves? Like and and really find the truth? Or are these debates going to move the needle at all? I mean, what's What's, what's something we can give people to give them one little clue about who's lying and who's not? Well, my best thing is something you brought up earlier. Know what an individual's baseline is. Mm-hmm. Know what their typical behavior is. You know, I'm watching John McCain one day when he was running and you know he's talking, Joe Scarborough was interviewing him and Joe Scarborough was saying something along the lines of, you know, this one's coming into the race. What do you think? And suddenly McCain's like, well, I think everybody should be invited in, you know, vegetarians, uh, you know, libertarians. And and all I could think of was, oh, my goodness, that was horrible. Like, you know, you're on TV and you're a potential candidate. That is such a red flag. So, you know, I say to people know the baseline. And that's why usually before I give my analysis and I, I think you were going to do this as well. I'm not sure if you actually did it, but maybe that's something we could do together. It might be fun. But normally before I give. But I'll say, okay, let's get ready to play. You know, we're playing, you know, the the debate tonight. I'll give the baseline of each individual. So, you know, I'll give the baseline for Trump. I'll give the baseline for Biden. And so people know when they're coming off of baseline. Like they know the person fell into autopilot and now they're doing what they always do. Right. And you'll see their true selves or, you know, they're really trying to hold it together. So the baseline information is very helpful. Will it? change anything? I don't know. I think for some people who are still undecided, there's a good opportunity that if there is another debate, it will make a change. I think yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. And let's let's make sure we tell everyone you have a great uh, Twitter and and Facebook. You're really um, active on there. So so people can find you online. Um, I was having and, you too. Oh, yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. I do. People can find me online. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> going to be on my youtube so yes yeah yeah yeah. um and um you've written some books too and there's there's more than i can really count um but what's your favorite one you know what my favorite one is the first one because it's an easy read i call it an airplane book you know you get on the plane there's a lot of pictures in it it's simplistic reading my second book is a little bit the yes factor is a little bit more academic it goes way deeper into the science behind what i do because what i found and uh, tracy you might have found this yourself i don't want people saying oh oh well tanya ryman's opinion no tanya ryman does not give her opinion tanya ryman is telling you these things based on all the scientific research yeah, that we do and that's why when you look at the back of a book you find where they got that scientific research from so i think that's an important component too having people recognize well tracy's not just giving me her opinion tracy has studied this and even if it's a guttural instinct at certain points which i think for a lot of us, it is. And then we go back and find out what made us have that gut instinct, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, which is why slow motion is so important. But at the same time, when you have that, you need people to understand that it's not Tracy's opinion. It's not Tanya's opinion. This is based on pure science. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, Tanya, you are just a wealth of information. Everybody, make sure you follow her on social media, read her books. And we just decided we're going to do this again. And because there's a lot to talk about that we can we can break down here. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the fact that you invited me. I hope you have a great day. Oh, you too. You too. 
Thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it. I'll see you next time. Bye.